Hello and welcome to the Right to Be Life podcast. Today I am joined by Donna Sorensen, um, poet, copywriter, and all-round good egg. And before you say hello, because I felt like you were about to say hello, which is what you would normally do at that point. Get that in the bud, yep. And <laughs> now, from now on, as of now, um, full-time co-host of the Right for Your Life podcast. Oh, wow. Pretty exciting, eh? Amazing. So that was an announcement. Got that done with. <laughs> oh, I've waited my whole life for this. Indeed. So there are, before we kick off with um, what we're actually going to talk about, which is extremely interesting, we have a, a there's a bit of housekeeping to do. The more perceptive of you will notice um, or have noticed, even though you haven't emailed me or complained or spoken about it in any way, um, that I haven't been putting out a podcast every single week, like perhaps the idea of a podcast might promise. And that's because, um, well, there's a number of reasons. One uh, is that um, twins, I think it's probably all I need to say, um, and tied into that is the idea of uh, is guests. So those are the two key words. And all the guests that I've had on the podcast since um, since uh, starting season three have been brilliant. Everyone's been great. Um, but there is an element of um, uh, management, as in <laughs> having to manage. The rabble. Uh, sorry? The rabble, I said. Manage the rabble, that's absolutely <laughs> right. Um, and uh, and that's fine, but if I go back to the word twins, there isn't an awful lot of time for managing people at the moment for me. Um, and, um, and and the other thing about um, having guests is, is also um, that I don't like letting people down, and there's been a couple of occasions where something's happened here, there's been some excrement just on the carpet, or I've, I've been in some kind of baby-related tiz, and I've had to um, uh, cancel on a guest at the last minute, and I don't like doing that, it's a very horrible thing to do, whereas I'm actually quite happy cancelling on you, Donna, at the last minute. I, totally, that's what I'm here for. That's not true, but it's sort of true because I, you know, we've known each other for a long time for various reasons, which we've explained before. Yeah. Um, but also, this makes it sound like <laughs> you're a bit of a fill-in, which is, you know, so I've just turned to Donna because I have to. That's not that's not the case. Donna, you are, of course, as I described earlier, um, a, a poet. So, in fact, you might as well do this because you've not said anything so far. Um, <laughs> And this is, you know, you have to shoot me off. I'm pulling out now. This is terrible. I just feel like a complete fill-in. But if you could, I haven't, I didn't warn you about this, but why don't you give us a very short bit about um, about your writing background, but also your background in publishing, because you're a, a very valuable co-host and you bring, you're going to bring stuff to the table that I can't offer. All right, fine. Then I won't, I won't play. So, um, uh, about my poetry. I have just um, very excitingly signed a book contract for my first collection, which will be coming out some point later this year. Um, so that's all very exciting. Um, I, For my day job, I sit and write stuff about um, Denmark, which is also... I wasn't sure it was going to be that exciting to start with, but it is actually very exciting. There's lots of exciting things about Denmark. Um, and um, I, before that, I was working for a publishing company as a publicist and um, events organiser. So, so yes, yeah, so I kind of have had a few different hats on and um, um, and very happy with my current situation. Very delighted to be co-host, Ian. 
Well, you're very welcome to uh, be here, which isn't a phrase, but it should be. Um, so that's that's the first piece of housekeeping. Um, I'm really happy about it, and it's going to be awesome. We're still going to have guests. I will still have guests. So it wasn't it wasn't like to completely get rid of the previous format, but I do think there is a certain narrative created when you have a permanent co-host, and we will kind of, for instance, we will together through the podcast with the general public listening we will go through your um, experience of um, having your poetry collection published and all that kind of thing Um, but we will still have guests and um, and uh, we will hopefully both interview them or speak to them or maybe just one of us who knows but it's all good can i ask you a quick question ian yeah of course is it all right if i'm drinking a cup of tea at the same time as doing this well i i i I usually (laughs) I usually drink a cup of tea um, whilst podcasting, but there was a time where, I, for a few episodes, and in fact, I think this might have happened on a, the last episode I recorded with you, but I was drinking, I had a couple of bottles of beer while I was doing it. This was when I was doing the podcast with Mike, and it gave me terrible windy pops. Oh, no. Oh, God, I remember the windy pops, yeah. So, you were um, just completely distracted. You just didn't know what to say after all that windy pops. I remember it was an extreme bout. Well, it nearly choked me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what an image. So, um, yeah, I, I will stick to the tea from now on. Yeah. Um, Excellent. The, the other thing, the other piece of housekeeping, let's get through, I'm trying to get through this. We need to get through this because there's some interesting stuff to talk about. But um, the podcast is on, as I think you should all know by now, is on the 70 Decibels Network, a wonderful network run by my previous co-host, young Mike Hurley. And um, he has done fantastically well with the network. And um, if you don't already know this, um, it's going to be absorbed by we're going to merge with we've been acquired by five by five um which is one of the biggest networks in the entire world when it comes to podcasts and that that's not even a joke that's true um so that's really exciting so it should mean that the the podcast the right for your life podcast is going to have a a new audience and a wider audience so one of the things that is also going to happen is so far i've done um episodes in seasons so you will perhaps know that this theoretically well technically actually is uh season three episode 20 now when we move to five by five it's going to become sequential so actually this episode is episode 84 i think of the right for life podcast and there are lots of technical reasons for that but i'm quite happy about it i think it makes more sense and it sounds like i've done a lot more work yeah loads you've been around around the block Indeed. Well, the thing is, the thing, the thing about it is, the first the first season was kind of done over about three years, just bitten and bobbin. So there is some dubious quality recordings um, in there somewhere. But you know, it's all part of the wider story, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so shall we talk about some things to do with writing or reading or whatever? Yeah, it might be? definitely. Um, these uh, these apps to encourage productivity in writers. That I mean, it's a whole new world for me. Unbelievable. Yeah, what it's the, the, I sent you a link um, earlier today, maybe it was yesterday, to an article on AppStorm. Now, I think, although you are a Mac user, but um, uh, you haven't always used a Mac, have you? It's quite, no, quite no. recent. Yeah, definitely. So on the Mac, there are loads of these, basically, and on the iPad and on, on, on the iPhone. Um, there are loads of apps that are supposed to be distraction-free. That's kind of the phrase that's often used. Um, but they're, they're kind of... The apps to make your to make writers more productive they kind of get rid of all the all the bells and whistles that you get with traditional word processors like say microsoft word so it's become a like a subgenre of apps and um 
I sent you a link to um, this article or this kind of review, I guess, on um, Mac App Storm, um, and it's Power Through Writer's Block with Flow State. So Flow State is a, um, a new app, um, or at least I think it's new, for the Mac, and um, it's it's key it's key kind of feature it would seem it does all the other stuff so it it gets rid of it's full screen it gets rid of all the your desktop and it, it, there's very few options there's basically just you and the words but the thing that it does um, which is slightly different is if you stop writing then your words start to fade from the screen and if you don't do some writing to make them come back they will just be deleted forever which it's is infuriating it's, it would be it would be unbelievably infuriating. <laughs> I mean, what you know? What about if you needed the loo? Well, well exactly. This is <laughs> it's, that's just that's just one problem. Windy pops, you know, and it's you couldn't do anything for a couple of minutes. Or what if you needed to think about something? Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, there's lots of things to say about this, but I mean, thinking back to when I was doing writing workshops, taking part in writing workshops. Um, you know all these exercises about just just write and and just just think of you know just write a couple of lines whatever comes into your head and do that all over the page start over and over again you know interesting things happen that way but I'm, I don't think that's how you know you write a novel is it I don't know no I, I agree and I've I've um, I know lots of people who do the morning papers I don't know if you heard of the morning papers no. So the idea is that you get up first thing, um, presumably these people don't have children, um, first thing, and you sit down and you write a thousand words in very much the way that you've just described, where you, you, you just start writing, you don't really know what it's going to be about, and you just get it all out there. Yeah. And the theory is that once you've got that initial kind of burst out, um, A, you feel better about yourself because you've done it, and B, um, you've kind of it gives you space to think because you've you've kind of you're in the you're in the mode I suppose yeah so and how I, much of that is it it's just the actual act of doing it but I mean I guess you could also in those situations have interesting things I mean I've actually some I've had a couple of poems that have come out of just random scribbles like that um but I don't know maybe it's just a good idea if you are really really stuck just to get yourself going again like that but not necessarily something you would want to put your life's work onto, have it disappearing before your eyes if you weren't quick enough. Well, I, I, I mean, I haven't used flow states and I wouldn't want to uh, criticise something that I haven't used, but it, it doesn't sound like it's for me. I, I just, I, I, it's just not the way I write. It might be good for someone who wants to do the morning papers, I suppose. It might be, the, yeah. it might be perfect for someone who, who wants to do that. And I, and I can see how doing morning papers can be beneficial. I can see how um, that freedom to just write whatever you want can end up being cathartic in some way i agree i agree with you i don't think it would be what i would how i would approach writing a novel but um but as as a way of getting my juices flowing so to speak i can i can see it might have some benefits there is one other thing i guess that I, i was thinking about with regards to this and that is that you know thinking back to when i wrote at uni i wrote my dissertation and it's i'm one of those people i'm sure there are many people out there like this um, that find it quite difficult to do something without pressure. Yes. A deadline is always an interesting thing to be up against because that tends to be when you are producing most of your your work, even if it's not the best work. That's like, you know, in terms of quantity, that's is definitely a boost, isn't it, when you've got a deadline. I guess this will be the same kind of thing. You know, you've got the pressure of knowing that if you don't do this, then, some, you know, there's going to be this consequence. Um, 
and I yeah, it would be an interesting experiment actually to try it. I think uh, absolutely. Like I say, it's not 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 a criticism of this particular app at all, but I just thought it was indicative of this kind of. Uh, new craze it's not that new really anymore but this craze for distraction free writing apps where it's just you and the words get rid of all the other stuff because no way could you possibly concentrate on your work with the ability to embolden the font (laughs) yeah yeah well do you know i i was wondering as well whether this is a bit of a difference between poetry and and you know fiction writing because with the other kind of apps you can get you know that like freedom that lock away the internet capabilities of the computer. Yes. I, I mean, I, I need that. I need it. Not just because I want to sit there on Twitter, but because, you know, if I'm, if I'm writing something, I need to, I'm always checking stuff up on the internet as I'm going along, you know, just even if it's um, in the on, online dictionary or looking into the history of different things or seeing how things relate to each other, seeing what other writers have done. And I think that that's actually a vital part of writing. I mean, you could probably get away with just writing something and then checking it later. But I would say more often than not, I am using the internet as a tool to help my poetry rather than worrying about it as a distraction. That, and that's incredibly commendable. Uh, I, I, I am like that when I'm in the zone and when I know exactly what it is that I'm looking for. So I wouldn't. So freedom is something that I use. I, I do use freedom. It's, it, I think it's it's fantastic um, in its simplicity, <laughs> and it's not it's not a writing app at all. It's not that's not what it is. Um, freedom literally just allows you to switch off your internet access for um, a set period of time. So you say thirty minutes um, or sixty minutes, whatever it might be. And I used this um, towards the end of writing my novel because I was I was really starting to get angry with it, and I just any excuse to go browsing for whatever reason um, I took, and I thought I can't I can't keep doing this. So I sought out freedom, and I found freedom with freedom. Right, uh, <laughs> and it was well, exactly. Um, I, I think this is why. Like, I mean, I can imagine because I haven't written a novel. But, you know, you need to get much much deeper into another world for a longer and extended period of time, I think that that kind of thing would be, yeah, would be really fantastic. But I just, I, I guess I, I kind of feel like I dip in and out of worlds a bit quicker with poetry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that, that, I guess that does make sense. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I wouldn't, I, would, I don't use freedom for writing blog posts, for example, because as you say, you need to, you generally need to, well, not just access work, but if you're writing blog posts, then you need, you need to um, link to stuff usually. So you need to go and grab the links and that kind of thing. Um, but freedom's handy because it makes it really difficult to to not do your writing. Um, you, doesn't, you don't have to. It's, it's not this whole thing about distraction free. It's not like I, I also need. I mean, I used Word basically. I, I stuck freedom on. I can't access the internet in any way. It's really difficult. I basically have to switch my computer off, practically unplug it at the wall, in order and put it back in in order to get on the net. Um, um, and then I used Word. Your phone. Pardon. I- what about your phone? You're not able to access the internet via your phone. Yes, and um, I, I would have to. I would left it in another so. room. <laughs> yeah, it's that bad. <laughs> no, I had to. I had to. I, w- I would leave it in another room, or I would. Um, I would. Um, I guess really kind of force myself. But there is this kind of. There is seems to be two schools of, of, of thought or not really thought but two ways of doing things on one hand you do have all these distraction free apps where you have people who are writing things where they literally all they can see is courier 10 and um and and a blank screen nothing else at all that's all they've got 
Um, mm. And then on the other hand, you have a, uh, seem to have a load of writers who are using things like Scrivener or still Microsoft Word, as you know, most people probably still do. But something mm. like Scrivener, which is fantastic, and it's what I'm using to write my second novel, that's you can you can ask if you asked for bells and whistles, and you received Scrivener, then you'd be very pleased. You would say, "Well, they that that is bells and whistles. You can do pretty much <laughs> anything you want with with Scrivener. It has options galore, including distraction-free option. I think. Yeah. Um, but people go for that because, they, like you say, there's there's you don't very rarely if you're writing, particularly if you're writing fiction, and that includes poetry. I think you're right. You do. You very rarely just have to sit down and look at one particular screen and type for two hours usually you have to go and check your research check your notes check other parts of your book which is what you have to do when you're writing a novel just to check that you've got your dates and your characters in the right order um so yeah something i think perhaps it depends what you're writing maybe that's maybe maybe these apps maybe there is a space for all these different productivity apps for writers because we all write different things who knows and i I wonder i mean i don't know whether like I'm not sure what I'm trying to say here. I'm not sure whether I'm trying to say placebo effect or psychosomatic, that you just, the very fact that you've downloaded it and you are attempting to use it makes you feel better and makes you feel more switched on and so then you're more productive. I don't know, I just think, are there more distractions now? Is the is the internet a bigger distraction than the world at large, which writers were distracted by before the internet came along? Because you can always find something to distract you, even if it's, you know, like what about your twins when they, you know, they come running in and they're like, Daddy, Daddy, haven't seen you for days because you've been writing your novel. You're just going to say, no, boys, out. I'll say, how the hell have you learned to run? You're only eight months old. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm projecting into the future here. No, you know, there, are, there are always going to be things that we need to, to, to push out. It's all about discipline, isn't it? I'm well, not saying that I'm, a, I'm fantastic at it, but um, I don't know. I guess I, I feel like the Internet's just one thing. Yes. I, I completely agree, and it's probably a good place to uh, leave that particular dis- discussion. But I think that's that was kind of my point. It's kind of why I wanted to sort of highlight the, this kind of new craze or this ongoing craze, because ultimately it doesn't really matter what you've got. All you need is a keyboard and a screen. I've said that before at some point, and um, and and a bit of discipline. You don't Definitely. need an app. Yeah, the will to do it, and also the belief that you can do it. My God, indeed. Okay, so what else have we seen this week? But we, I, I forgot to mention right at the start that this is, I'm going, there's going to be a slight change in format as well with this because instead of, you know, I've done 84 podcasts now and we've covered most subjects. So I think that it's better to kind of pick something that we've seen on the internet. It could be a piece of news. Maybe maybe we'll live podcast the Booker Prize next year. Who knows? Um, and, and, um, and, and yeah, so make it talking. We'll, we'll be talking about stuff that's going on in the publishing world and um, and referring to stuff like that what else were we going to talk about we were going to talk about um that article on book riot which Mm. is interesting about um well actually the author said irrational reasons the why why um they were not ready to go digital with regards to ebooks as opposed to normal books um but um but yeah whether whether they're irrational actually isn't is you know something that we could discuss is it was it was very interesting. Yeah, I mean, you're a big e-booker, aren't you? Well, I'm not really, to be honest. I'm. I'm. I'm I, I have a very, excuse me, a very clear opinion on this. And this is this is reading, isn't it? By the way, so this is not writing. This is um, uh, the, the article is largely irrational reasons. I'm not ready to go all digital, but she's talking about reading. Um, yeah. 
So I do read on um, my iPad Mini, and I have a Kindle, which I don't read on an awful lot anymore, but I, I do occasionally. Um, and then I've got books, actual books, and I have to be honest, the last few books I've read have all been made of trees and and um, spines and things like that. Oh God! Um, but my, my my opinion on this is is that we will do all of the, we'll read on all of these things in the future certainly in the near future and by that i mean in the next i don't know five to ten years we'll all have these different things because uh, uh, we'll we'll have these different devices and we'll have actual books and we will just read wherever we are on whatever we have so one of the things that has happened to my reading since um having um a, a, an e-reader is that i've got more than usually more than two books on the go at any one time. And I would never have done that before. I would have just carried one book around with me and that would be it. Mm. Do you get into them as much when you're juggling two different worlds? Well, it tends to be... I I, I very rarely, almost probably to the point of never, have two novels on the go at one time. I mean, I think think I've I've had a novel... I was reading a novel whilst I was reading um, John McGregor's latest short story collection, but that's slightly different because you can dip in and out of a short story collection, perhaps a mm. easier way. Yeah. Um, but it tends to be non-fiction. So I, I, when I say I've got more than one book, more than one book on the go, one will probably be, or one or two will probably be, I don't know, non-fiction. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. But I think. And are those the ones you'd more likely do on your e-reader? It, it has turned out that way. And one of the points that is made in this article is is the one that basically the, the the three reasons that are given are to try and um, summarise them if I can find it um, is first one's actually quite an interesting one and that's about um, children and reading so the idea of your children needing to see books and like it's important for them educationally to see that you're reading books and to have them around and all that kind of thing. Um, the second one is about worries about the cloud and what happens if Amazon suddenly explodes and all your library disappears. I'm not really worried about that. Um, and the third one, which is the one that I found most interesting and the thing that I most worry about, is that your physical book collection is frozen in time. Um, and so you have, I don't know, you buy physical books up to, say, 2011, and anything that you've bought since then... Um, is not in that collection it's almost like a t- completely separate thing they don't fit together and that one i could that that kind of reason for not going all digital did resonate with me a little yeah definitely but but actually i was a bit strange when i was younger when i didn't you know i when i was studying and after i was studying and i was traveling a bit i didn't have very much money and I went through a large period of my life where I was quite proud of the fact that I didn't buy any books, that I read lots of books, but I managed to like swap them or borrow them or, you know, find them places. I don't mean like find them in bookshops and not pay for them. I just mean, you know, (laughs) I have found the odd book in random places. Um, And so there's this whole chunk of my life where I don't have the the physical record of what I was reading. And I remember on Facebook, there was this app ages ago where it was something like bookshelf. Do you remember that? Where you could put in all the books that you'd read. Yeah. And I just remember going, oh, my God. Like, there was, like, it's like David Bowie. Like, I'd missed, like, a decade of my life in reading because <laughs> I had no idea. I had to sit and rack my brains. And I'm quite sad that I don't have those books because now I'm obsessed with collecting the books that I read, even though I probably will never open a lot of them ever again. Um, but, yeah, there's something really important about, not to everyone, I'm sure, but having those books. I don't know. It's, it says a lot about where you've been and 
mm. what you're thinking about at the time, doesn't it? But why does why does a physical object do that and um, an EPUB file not? Well, I think it's the same kind of thing with photographs and the fact that we don't like hardly anybody prints out photographs anymore, do they? No. And so I think about the fact that it's fine for me because I, I have all my photographs on, on my Mac. I can just go and sit and I, I spend way more time looking at photographs now than I ever did when they were printed out. But I think about everybody else. They don't have access to my photographs. So it's quite, it's like, a, it's like a closed box, I guess, now. And I think that it was, I don't know, like I, when I remember going into houses when I was younger and seeing books on bookshelves and going, oh, what's that about? You know, and asking somebody and finding out about the book. You don't have the, if you don't physically see it, you know, you can't, you don't, you're not a mind reader. You can't know what people have, have, have been reading and, you, you know, you're not going to go and sit on their e-reader and just like, can I just flick through your books? Are you? I don't know. Maybe that's what people do in the future. No, well, maybe they will in the future. Who knows? But is it, I, I agree with you and it's, it's, um, I think it's one of the reasons that we don't need to worry too much about the physical book. We do need to worry a little bit about the publishing industry and the way that books are sold in this country. But yeah. I think that's a slightly different, slightly different thing. Poetry, by all accounts. Or... Yes, that's, that's a... another topic, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. we'll save that one for next week. I like the I like the one about the kids as well. Like, I mean, you know, just having a new little baby of my own. I I'm just so excited about going and collecting books for her. Mm. And I can't wait for her. At the moment, she just mainly eats them. But I can't <laughs> wait until she actually, you know, brings them to me. Even if she can't say anything, just like plops them on my lap and, and, and wants to share. But what if she says, look, mummy, at the, look, at, look, at the, um, look at this book I just downloaded on the iPad. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even, that wasn't a joke. That's, that's what, no, that's what will so happen okay. to us in the future. <laughs> Well, totally. I, you know, I, I would say it's way more likely that she'd just be like, "Mum, get lost! I'm watching a video on on my, on the iPad." Yes, that's that's possibly true, but it, but it's it's a serious point, though, isn't it? I think we we are hung up on on this because we are, whilst relatively young, um, <laughs> we are completely caught up in the history of the book, and and I guess the fact that we're we're writers and authors and into books is. Um, doesn't help but it's part of our history it's part of us growing up but my my boys um they won't it won't be part of their growing up that they will have iphones from the word go in fact you know it'll probably be something else by then but the idea of being able to touch a screen and and all of a sudden you have a book that will be absolutely perfectly normal there won't be any big change in the publishing industry it will be what the publishing industry is at that particular time that will be how people read getting early enough with books because I mean kids you know they need concrete physical interaction with the world around them and books are part of that just like trees are or flowers or animals or whatever you know looking at a screen and interacting with a screen is such an important part of our life but it's an entirely different thing to actually developing like this sense of 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 everything around you and you so you have to start with books anyway so I mean I, I guess it's just but yeah, you're right. We shouldn't worry too much about it because you know kids will always start with books. But I just, you know, I think about my husband. Right? Don't tell anybody this, but he claims his mother never read to him ever, and the only book he's ever read, I think, is The Da Vinci Code. And I think that there's, you know, that's that's why. And reader, I married him. <laughs> I did. Well, you know, opposites attract. They do. One step forward, take two steps back. 
we come together <laughs> because opposites attract. And you know, I'll stop there. Yeah, good. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I guess it's it's really, really important for kids to see books and for us to share books with kids. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm not ready for the old e-readers. Sorry. Well, for me, the, the books are a badge of honour. That's kind of how I still think about it. And recently I read Hawthorne and Child. Great book, really enjoyed it. Read it on the Kindle and... I went into a bookshop just to check that I hadn't missed any pictures and stuff. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes books, you know, printed books, they have, they, the, the author will have written them with, you know, certain styling, certain typography quirks, or sometimes with an image in. I'm, I'm reading Nathan Feitler's absolutely amazing um, n- n- uh, new novel, um, debut novel, Shock of the Fall, um, at the moment, and he has pictures every now and again. And I thought, well, I, I, it felt like I might have missed some in Hawthorne and Child. So I went back, I went into the shop and to, to check, and it turns out I hadn't. But when I was there, I thought, well, that's a, that looks lovely, that book, doesn't it? <laughs> I'd really like yeah. to have that on my shelf. And I, and I thought, well, I've been collecting books since I was reasonably young. I've been collecting them seriously, I suppose, since I went to university, and suddenly I had to buy a load of them. Um, yeah. and, and they are like badges of honour for me. Books are a badge of honour. I they what I use. They what I they, they, well, they're what I use. They what I they what I read. They are part of my life. And um, reading one on a Kindle like Hawthorne and Child, I just wanted to I wanted to have it on my shelf as well because I wanted to show people that look what I've read. <laughs> yeah, there is definitely a certain element of that. Yeah, that's for sure. It, and it, I did get very embarrassed about the old about Morton's contribution to our bookshelf at home. <laughs> it's like jewels on the green. The Gold, business books, a bit of Dan Brown. That's it. <laughs> does he? Does he know that the? Um, has he read the new one, Inferno? No, no, no. I mean, we need to give him another another few years before he attempts another book. I think. I think it's about fire. <laughs> might might well be. Yeah. Very popular, apparently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we could we could have, do a whole podcast about the Da Vinci Code if you want later. I've not read it. Have you read it? Yeah, of course. What do you mean, course? You're lying if you say you haven't read it. I tried to read it because I felt like I should. This was when it was when it was selling like three billion copies a second, and yeah. um, I, I I couldn't do it. I couldn't get past the first ten fifteen pages. <laughs> well, I, I thought I honestly. You thought, are such a book snobby, and you honestly. It's I am. Next, you'd be telling me you haven't read Fifty Shades of What's It's. Fifty Shades of What's It's. Now I would read that because uh, I mean I'm very. You, you're a big What's It fan, aren't you? I am. I I haven't read it actually. Imagine if there were Fifty Shades of What's It's. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, yeah, good. Yeah, I think we've covered that. That's all sorted. Certainly, yeah. <laughs> um, OK, so neither of us are uh, going all digital, basically, is what we're saying. We're not going to be yeah. all digital readers. Not just yet, no. OK, well, audience, uh, listeners, people, tell us what you think. I'd be um, One of the other things I'd quite like to do is to try and make this show a bit more interactive. And I don't mean in a Blue Peter kind of a way. I mean in a in a kind of just, you know let us know what you think kind of a way um so going all digital people do it this is we're talking like you know like oh no one would possibly do that but people do people only read on their kindles and i'd like to hear from you to tell us to tell us why and if they wanted to tell you about that don if they wanted to say that to you specifically how on earth would they do it um twas her and where would they find you on twitter (laughs) oh my god every time i have to try to remember it i'm like um uh, Don underscore S underscore Sorensen. 
and I said before it's outrageously long and I will change it but you can just type in Donna Sorensen can't you and I'll be the person that comes up in the search box yes that is one way of doing it Sorensen with an E yes uh, an E at the end yeah yeah um, and I am Ian Broom and you can find me also on Twitter at Ian Broom that's it <laughs> I nearly read the website address out there but that would have been bad um, and also uh, the website which is ianbroom.com I-A-I-N-B-R-O-O-M-E and, um, and I think that's it I'm worried that I haven't given enough housekeeping I'm worried that there was something at the start that I was supposed to say that I haven't said do it next week oh it's the titles that was the other thing I'm thinking of changing the way we do the titles should we talk about this now it'll take two, two and a half minutes oh my god you're not busy are you no, no, just go for it. I'll let you go for it then. So, titles. So, everyone else on the 70 Decibels Network, um, they, they title, and on 5x5, which is perhaps more important because that's where we're going to be. And it's the way that me and Mike started out doing titles to episodes, um, is the, they usually pick something that's been said um, during the show. Someone will say something like a pithy little sort of couple of phrase or something like that, and that'll be the title of the show. And me and Mike did that um, for a few a few episodes. I had a little think about it, and I decided that um, because right for the Right for Your Life podcast wasn't is it always been a bit of a uh, um, a, a kind of an unusual um, th- an unusual kind of thing on Central Decibels. Everyone else is kind of a tech podcast. I always felt like we were a bit of a bit of the odd one out. So I said, well, I'm not sure that that really fits with uh, the Right for Your Life audience, and it would be better if we actually just explained what takes place in the show so that's why they, it will say something this one if we were going like that this one would say something like i don't know uh, productivity apps for writers and going all digital with reading but it's quite long and it's kind of a bit boring so i'm, I'm one of the things that's i want to do i really but, wanted 50 shades of what says to be the title well this is why it's more interesting see <laughs> so basically you have just exactly summed up why um i've decided to go back to doing the titles in the opposite way so, ah, cool. so we're going to just pick something that one of us has said, and I can't think of a better title than Fifty Shades of Watts's. Brilliant. So that's that's going to be the title of this show, and that's how it's going to work. So people can either listen or, you know, it's, it, it's you know, who cares about SEO? Let's go for Fifty Shades of Watts's. <laughs> and, and maybe this is a very specific genre of new erotic fiction, which is CRISP-related. Oh, and, well... Um, there's someone into everything out there. And we're going to dominate Google Google for what's it sex. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Okay, should we leave it there? Uh, no, yeah, amazing. I shall speak to you next week. Okay, see ya. <laughs>